Cryptocurrencies went on a wild ride today. Bitcoin, the digital currency created a dozen years ago as an alternative to cash, is exploding in value. What is DeFi? Decentralized finance. Some well-known types of cryptocurrency you may have heard of are Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ethereum. NFTs. Why don't we all switch to Solana? Solana, 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 Solana and Ethereum. It's everywhere. And right now, the whole DeFi space is exploding. <laughs> Welcome to the Jump Off Point, Crypto Edition. Today, Jump Capital Crypto lead Peter Johnson takes a deep dive into DeFi's most notorious accelerator with the founder himself, Emron Khan. Hey everyone, this is Peter Johnson, and today we have a guest that I am incredibly excited about in Imran Khan, who's the founder of the DeFi Alliance. The DeFi Alliance is really a special group for me and Jump because we played a key role in forming the organization about 18 months ago. And the genesis of the DeFi Alliance was when Imran approached me and some others in the Chicago crypto community with this idea to form a group that would connect DeFi projects with the leading trading firms in Chicago. So we started this group with the founding members being Jump, CMT Digital, Cumberland, and Volt Capital. So the DeFi Alliance started out as an industry group to make these connections, and then they added an accelerator program. And we thought this approach was really valuable because although in some ways building a DeFi project is like building a typical startup, in many ways it is completely different. And the DeFi Alliance has been able to bring programming that is really tailored to this crypto native audience. So today the DeFi Alliance is an industry group, it's an accelerator, and it's also a fund. As an industry group, there's over 400 members of the Alliance, including 30 market makers. And the DeFi Alliance Accelerator has accelerated five cohorts of companies, including 15 of the top 100 DeFi projects by market cap. And over the last year, the organization has also expanded its focus to encompass all of Web3 and not just DeFi. A jump, we're huge supporters of the DeFi Alliance. We're investors in the organization. We're mentors to projects in the accelerator, and we work closely with the DeFi Alliance team as they scale up their organization. And going forward, we're just really excited about some of the new initiatives they're launching, including a new gaming accelerator, a founders program to work with founders at the earliest stages, and a new structure for the organization that Imran teases in this interview. So without further ado, here's the interview with Imran Khan, founder of the DeFi Alliance. Hey everyone, this is Peter Johnson, and today I am joined by Imran Khan, founder of the DeFi Alliance. And watching the DeFi Alliance grow over the last 18 months has been is pretty incredible, um, as you've gone from starting as an industry group to launching the Accelerator, raising a fund, and now looking at a really exciting new uh, evolution that I'm really excited about. So thank you for coming on, Imran. Thank you for having me. So let's start with you and your, your background and how you got into crypto. Yeah, got into crypto around 2013 after selling my startup. I actually was lucky enough to read Mark Andreessen's op-ed on New York Times about his love for Bitcoin. So I ended up doing a lot of research about crypto, about Bitcoin, and then um, ended up applying for all the jobs that I could at that time, which was a total of three. 
<laughs> and the first one I got into was Coinbase. Ended up uh, doing a project for Adam White and ended up working on their e-commerce product. It was like, you know, they had at that time like a work project before you actually get in, into Coinbase. So um, in the middle of that, they ended up pivoting and uh, it didn't work out. But I ended up working for Microsoft there for six years. Spent time on the product group side. And then um, last half of my career spent advising Microsoft Ventures, helping them think about how they should be allocating crypto. And then around 2017, I ended up meeting up my co-founder, uh, Suna, and we co-launched Bold Capital, which is a general crypto fund. And from 2017 to 2020, I had a, a particular interest in DeFi. And in fact, one of the biggest problems at that time was no users, lack of liquidity, lack of engagement, et cetera. Regulatory is another one, obviously, that's that we're still going through. But the biggest problem, the biggest area for me was liquidity, because if we can get liquidity and even institutional adoption, then they, this whole flywheel for DeFi protocols could work. And so over three year over a three-year period, I started working with the likes of you, Peter, at Jump, Colleen at CMT Digital, DRW, Kim from DRW, and many, many others in the local Chicago landscape and along with market makers all over the world and started to kind of, you know, think about how can we help support startups moving forward. And so with that in mind, we co-launched ultimately what, what was called, what was the first iteration or beta of the DeFi lands of what it is today. At that time, we were informally connecting startups to the firms that were involved. But over time, we've decided that we need to formalize this into an accelerator program. And since then, you know, we've had, you know, our Genesis cohort, which included DYDX, Kyber, Synthetic, Xerox, and many others. And since then, we've had over 80 startups that went through our program. And earlier this year, we launched a fund, which I can talk a bit more about. And, and what did you see? You were really early. You were like, your timing was impeccable on, on launching this. This was yeah. before DeFi summer. Like, what, what did you see that led you to like started at this time and, you know, come in and meet with me and Colleen and Kim and, and really get this whole thing rolling? Ultimately, when you look at like the total value locked, there was a, a huge, like, obviously that's not like a great metric, but it was a good metric at the time. And I started to see like two things. One was, you know, total value locked has started to move week over week pretty dramatically. And then number two is, you know, the types of products that were being built were becoming a little bit more easier to use. And obviously from a market timing perspective, a user perspective, those are like the right conditions for incredible growth to happen. And so between those two, and then obviously with DeFi and the, uh, and the users that are starting to use the product and the feedback based on it, we decided this is probably the right time for institutions to just learn and get involved. And from then on, I think we had compound kickoff like DeFi Summer uh, with its liquidity mining program. And, and there were just like, you know, multitudes of, of waves that came after that. But I'd say like, you know, if it, if it really came down, to, what it really boiled down to is just like the growth of protocols. Two is just how easy it's become to use these protocols. And then number three is ultimately, you know, there was a void missing, which is the lack of institutional support. In this case, I think that's like the right timing for, for us to get involved. It was the right time for us to get involved. Yeah. And kind of one of the core tenets that you started the DeFi Alliance with was connecting DeFi projects with market makers and liquidity providers. Yeah. Like why, why was that a core tenant that, that you started with? I think that's the most important part of, uh, you know, like for any DeFi product, you need to have like, like substantial amount of liquidity in order for these products to have uh, traction and be able to scale. Without liquidity, it's hard for you to scale the product. And then along with that, being able to build out like diversified products that, that startup protocols need. So that's number one. And number two is obviously like, 
uh, once you have liquidity, then you can you know start like liquidity mining programs, which is like a way for protocols to, to start bringing users onto their platforms and so and to incentivize them to use these products over time. And so these were like the early innings of why we thought liquidity or like market makers are an important part of this of these protocols. And then the second is, and, and I was talking specifically about protocols. Now, number two is now if you think about like products like DYDX, Perpetual, and others. A large part of their success is bringing market makers on to provide efficient markets to all of the different assets that they're supporting, right? And because ultimately what they're doing is they're providing the same offerings. Market makers are obviously providing the same offerings on BitMEX and other uh, exchanges. And we think that by bringing on like more of the support from the market maker side to these DeFi protocols, they can start to one, become users of the product and to provide support so that the, the product can bring more users into, into its ecosystem. And then when you, you know, kind of started the, the DeFi Alliance, it was originally somewhat of an informal industry group, as you mentioned, that, that evolved pretty quickly into the accelerator, into a fund. Like, yep. but what, what were the things that led you down that evolutionary path? Yeah, I mean, the, in fact, the funny, like the way we thought about the DeFi Alliance was we did not want to start a fund. We weren't even thinking about starting a fund. We wanted to just help the industry. And, and, and the way to help move the industry is by just connecting people together. That was like the hardest thing to do at the time. One was education, and then two is connections, right? Educating is all ultimately about educating new market makers and trading firms on why they should be paying attention to DeFi and why they should get involved. And, and in fact, there was a lot of like education that we had to do in order for us to bring them into our ecosystem. Obviously, you know, like the founding members, like John Cumberland and others were well-versed in DeFi at that time, and but there were like 95% of other market makers that were not really involved in DeFi. And so for us, it was about educating and bringing them onto and getting them connected to like just founders. And then for founders, in fact, it's it's a different story, which is, you know, they come from, you know, they're not very familiar with the trading world. And, you know, if you think about the traditional way of building startups, you know, it's like you use Clerky, you spin up your, your, your company, and then you think about the products you want to build based on the domain expertise you bring in. In the trading world, in the DeFi world, it's really about how well do you know the markets? How well do you know capital markets, the DeFi or like traditional uh, exchanges and how like settlement works and all the other uh, interesting pieces that are in the, in the traditional market space? And how is that going to ultimately affect DeFi? And what are you building within the DeFi ecosystem? And so there was a lot of education for DeFi startup founders as well in regards to how they should be thinking about the space, how should they be building, forming, regulatory strategies, et cetera. And so we're ultimately this two-way funnel of education for a, large, for a long part of, time, of our time. But then I think that changed uh, after DeFi summer where people really wanted to get involved and they started to do education on their own. And then we thought about, let's focus our time and energy on building the best program to help founders get, like, get access to liquidity, market-making services, and along with that, there's just regulatory support. Yeah, the program has been, the Accelerator program, I would say has been wildly successful. You've run five cohorts now. Uh, out of the top 100 DeFi projects, 15 of them have gone through the Accelerator. Uh, just as you mentioned, a really impressive group of names like DYDX and ZeroX, Kyber, et cetera. You know, when I think of the DeFi Alliance Accelerator, I, I often tell people it's, you know, it's kind of like YC for DeFi or YC for, for Web3. Is that a, a good way to describe it? Fundamentally, what we're building is very different than what YC has built. We have huge respect for what YC has done over the past 15 years, 20 years. And so to a certain regard, we're building a community. And this community is ultimately based on all of the key participants that want to help 
grow DeFi to a billion users, and in fact, play to earn in other sectors that we're starting to see. Uh, we provide domain expertise, and we provide the ability for projects to be composable with others and work with others. And I'll talk a bit more about that later in our, in our interview, but you could think of us as an accelerator program, but we provide domain expertise in these areas. Whereas YC provides still very important knowledge for founders that want to build and start startups of their own. And, and the different areas that they address is more on the product side, scaling, growth, and thinking about like fundamental values of what are the fundamental like building blocks of a founder's like mental model as they're going through all of these changes, uh, which I still think is very important today. And what we provide is uh, domain expertise in regards to why should you be building a community around your product? How do you build a community around your product? What does scale look like from a community perspective or protocol perspective? Smart contracts, security audits, liquidity, market making services. These are like very heavy topics. And so you could think of us as an extension to YC, uh, where we help. In fact, we've had um, many YC founders that have gone through YC and have also gone through our program that found incredible value in, in both. So for now, I think we are an extension of what YC has done. Are there, are there other things that founders should know if they're thinking about the, the accelerator program and you know, what, what they get out of the program? Like, What, what are the main things that you know, you, you'd want a you know, founder to know if they're thinking about yeah. potentially applying to the program? I think number one is like, it's hard to build in crypto. Like it's very hard to build in crypto. And it's actually, you know, it feels good when you have others that you could work with that are in the same boat as you are. And so like, I say like having a team of other founders that you co-working with and being able to relate with each other and use each other as kind of a way to go through hurdles together is like number one for me. In fact, what we've started to see in our past two cohorts is, a, is the founders that are, that are ultimately helping each other and they're starting to invest in each other as well, which I think is really interesting to show you kind of like the dynamics of what's happening in our program. We talk about composability, composability, obviously like everyone, like there's like really no competition. Like it's really about how well you can work with others and integrate with others. And ultimately what are some differentiated products that you're building together? And so I would say, you know, number one is, the team and the community that comes through our program. Number two, uh, number one, number two is uh, regulatory support. I think uh, regulatory support is going to become very important now where we are because DeFi has kind of turned heads in, in Washington and and a lot of that's going to be, a lot of their kind of focus is going to be like, the focus is turning their heads into like thinking about how DeFi startups should be thinking about it. So we hired on like uh, a general counsel and we have a lawyer that's going to be ultimately working with all of the founders moving forward. Three is market making liquidity provisioning, obviously is like the core tenant to what we do. So, you know, working with Jump and Cumberland, Wintermute and many others, uh, they provide incredible support for founders thinking about the types of products they should be building and how they can provision liquidity. And then I'd say number four is ultimately like our team. And our, we're a team of nine. Uh, half our team is from YC, uh, have, have worked at YC. And really just like the mental model of what founders need, like what are the key ingredients to overcome challenges, building a company, scaling a company, things like that are, are also very important. And so we think those four ingredients have worked really well for us so far. Yeah, you guys have built just a, a crazy impressive team uh, over the last few months. So certainly congrats on, on that. And, and as part of that, you've also launched a new accelerator track recently, yes. which is the, the gaming track, which is really cool. 
uh, kind of what, what was the genesis for, for starting a gaming track and, yeah. and how is that different than the program programs that you have been running? So DeFi is the, uh, we think our thesis is the DeFi is the underpinnings for the entire crypto economy. So with DeFi, you could, with DeFi kind of being set, we think that other markets are going to start to become more mature now. So play to earn was a natural extension of that. We, in fact, out of uh, the DeFi Alliance fund, we invested in Axie Infinity and they made an invest, strategic inv investment in us as well, or at least the founder did. And the reason for that is because we knew that at, at a certain point, play to earn is going to become a, an important part of how you bring on new users into your platform. But then ultimately, how do you create tokens? How do you use tokens as a way to turn on certain types of product offerings within the game? And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But that was the genesis of it. And we thought when we launched a program about 45 days ago, uh, we thought that was the right timing. Because Axie, you know, obviously uh, over the past six months, Axie has just taken off in terms of usage. Um, they have uh, millions of users that are active on their platform today. And in fact, what's happening in Southeast Asia, specifically in Philippines, is uh, that many Filipinos that earn the, the minimum wage in Philippines, they're earning more using playing Axie, <laughs> which is really cool. And so what's happening is that people are leaving and they're playing Axie full time. Um, and there's this entire ecosystem that's being built on top of that. And so you have like YGG and like other gaming guilds that are forming players together that can play and farm these different gaming ecosystems. And then you have, you know, scholar programs that are educating new players that can come into the ecosystem and play on behalf of the guild. Um, and so this like, like robust ecosystem is being built around this idea. Finally, we hired on Will Robinson and uh, Will uh, did his PhD in game design studies. He played games for seven years of his life, studied them and researched them and built them. And so by bringing him on, he has ultimately led our gaming program. And has, we've announced our program yesterday and we have 12 startups that are part of that program. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great group of companies, uh, projects that, that, are, that are part of that. Maybe going back to the DeFi Alliance and your, your investment strategy. As you mentioned, we, you started a fund, fund one, very, very successful, highly successful fund. And then now when you were looking at, you know, how to invest in these projects going forward, uh, we've talked about you're, you're taking a little bit a different approach, an approach that's maybe more aligned with the true DeFi ethos. If, if you're willing to share more on that, that, that would be great. I'll share a few tidbits. We think that um, the future of investing is going to be collaborative in that ultimately what we've built over the past few years is a community. We have a community of founders, Web2, Web3 founders market makers and key stakeholders that can help Web3 become successful. And so we built this community out and we think that this community is ultimately the reason why we're successful, right? Or the DeFi platform, DeFi Alliance platform is successful. And we think it's time now to uh, share ownership of that platform with everyone that's been part of this community. And so look for um, some news in the next couple of weeks about how we're thinking about decentralizing uh, the DeFi Alliance with a, a potential new brand and how we're thinking about community-based investing. I think that's just enough for the teaser to get people really excited. <laughs> that's good. And I mean, that, that ties in well to like, what, what, what's your long-term vision for the DeFi Alliance? Like, where, where do you want this to all go? What's happening right now is individual people, community participants are becoming the most important stakeholder in, in all of crypto. If you look at like the past six rounds, as an example, you see individuals being called out versus institutions, right? And, and so it, it kind of gives you an idea of where we're headed. And, and where we're headed, I think, is that 
you know, we talked about co-investing and in, in people that are going to be participating, participating more, but we think ultimately like investing is going to become another pillar of every human's life. Right. You know, at, at one point in our lives, like, I don't know, like in the early nineties, it was, it was only for those that have like brokerage accounts. Right. And then Robinhood democratized that allowed ultimately anyone to download an app and be able to invest. But I still think it's restricted. But I think with crypto and where we're headed is that I, everyone's going to invest. It's going to be part of like learning. Like instead of learning through reading books, you, you pay or you invest and you become a part of a protocol's life and you learn and you com- contribute and you earn tokens. And, and I think that's where we're headed. And uh, I think based on that like thesis, we believe that the way we're running DeFi, DeFi Alliance is an example and how we're thinking about our accelerator program. We want every individual that's helpful for startups to be a part of our community, whether you're a successful Web2, Web3 founder, you're a security auditor, your law firm that's heavily into crypto. These are all incredible individuals that can provide the support that founders need. And over time, I think like the platform that we're creating is a two-sided marketplace. And we think that with what we're building in the future, people will be incentivized to supporting these founders moving forward. And so I say individuals are going to have more power moving forward because, you know, ultimately the community is the power. And then over time, I think what we want to do is kind of facilitate these interactions between the founders and the people that are on the other side. And those people on the other side, I talk with a lot of folks and they have heard about the DeFi Alliance. They're excited about the DeFi Alliance and they ask, you know, how, how can I get involved in the DeFi Alliance? And what is what? What are the ways that folks can can involve can get involved or, or add value to the DeFi lines? Who we're looking for is successful Web two Web three founders, obviously liquidity providers, including market makers, you know, law firms, engineers, and then I'd say four is just miscellaneous miscellaneous services that could be supportive of, of a founder's trajectory. And so those are like the kind of the five, and and they can ultimately you apply through our website. There's an interview process. And then after the interview process, we have a committee that votes in based on a quorum. And then after quorum, we bring them onto our platform and invite them into our platform. That's great. And this has been a great discussion, Imran. I have one, one last question for you. But before that, is, is there anything else that I should have asked that, that I didn't ask? I think the um, landscape here for crypto is changing pretty quickly. If you think about where we were last year, we were just trying to figure out whether DeFi was going to actually work <laughs> to validating DeFi as like, $10 trillion opportunity, and then NFTs, gaming. But then I think there's going to be a lot more innovation happening on the Web3 side. And I, I think this is very like a, a very interesting topic because Web3 ultimately, like, and what I mean by Web3 products is uh, products that are, uh, that you use, uh, that you, uh, that ultimately natively uses a few uh, other protocols as, as a backend stack. So an example I can give you is like Glass Protocol, right? Glass Protocol is a decentralized video streaming platform. On the front end, it looks very similar to like YouTube, right? You go on their website, you play uh, YouTube, or you play videos. Um, on the back end, it's leveraging IPFS, LivePeer, a decentralized CDN, and Airweave are like the four, uh, along with Asolana, right? So those are like the five infrastructures that it's using to provide the service. Now, if you look at where we are with YouTube, um, YouTube, uh, you know, everything's hosted on Google Cloud, all of the infrastructure is built in-house, and ultimately Google has control of what you can, like what could be listed and, and how people get, how, how people are able to monetize. And so I think where we're headed in regards to this is that we're going to live in a world where I think Web3 is going to become an ever more important part of 
building a product because ultimately, like, I don't know if you saw what happened last week with uh, Anthony Pompliano, but he posted a video and YouTube ended up taking it down because it was, you know, crypto related. And the question is like, who should really be in charge of taking these videos down? Should it be YouTube, Google, or should it be the people that they think that it's, you know, against their ethos of what they should be watching? And so we're starting to see, uh, like, and this is a new thing that, like, I think this is going to be the next wave. It could be early next year, which is like full native Web3 products are being built. They're going to allow the community to be like the moderators of the videos that are playing, that are able to monetize. And then no one can shut it down unless you get community approval. You know, like if you see what's happening in Turkey and China, you know, a lot of videos are being firewalled or turned off because they don't think it's applicable to the to their citizens. But who has a right to that, right? So I think where we're heading next is going to be world-changing products that are going to really change the dynamics of how the, the geopolitical or how politics are going to be organized moving forward. So I, there's a lot to come there. Yeah, that's it's a big vision. Uh, yeah. and, and I agree, I agree with you. I think that that is the next wave that that's coming is, is these full yeah. stack web three, uh, type applications. Uh, so last, last question for you. Yeah, please. So it moves so fast. Yeah. Um, it's hard to keep up with everything. Like what are the top, you know, one to two resources that you use to keep up that have inspired your thinking? What are, what are the resources that you recommend to people? Number one is Twitter. I think Twitter is going to be the easiest and fastest way to get knowledge. And then I said, number two is participating in communities. And so like, if you're new to crypto or you want to get involved in crypto, the best thing you can do is join a discord, buy their tokens, and just learn how the protocol works, be a part of the governance conversations, propose, do, you know, submit new proposals, and just learn how communities are integrated into these protocols in a way that's going to be value additive to the overall growth trajectory of protocols. And so I, I would say those are two best ways to get involved. Absolutely. That, that is great. Well, this has been a pleasure as always, Imran. Congrats on all the success and, and thanks Thank you. for coming on. Thank you so much for listening to this month's episode of The Jump Off Point, an original podcast by Jump Capital. If you have an idea for the show or know of someone who would make a great guest, please contact podcast at jumpcap.com. Thank you.